Hello, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Sense and Theory podcast. He's Sense, I'm Theory, wait, because... Wait, wait, why, why can't I be Theory, though? For well, real? Well, because you were Sense, and, and I was Theory, and if you can't get your news and opinions from two washed-up rappers, who can you get them from? So F- Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, we're white, too. Yeah, yeah, we are white. Uh, very, so very today white. Today is mainly going to be uh, an introduction uh, to the podcast, kind of give you guys an idea of what we'll be talking about, how we'll be going about it, and everything. And I'm uh, thinking mostly aliens and yeah, going to be a lot of aliens. Uh, probably, probably be some tentacle porn. You know, just just covering the uh, the, the the basics, right? The basic, the basic topics that are important to the people. Okay, so uh, let's. Uh, Let's just jump into it. Um, since, who are you? Oh, uh, I'm a white male. Uh, I'm I'm 33. How else would uh, How else would I describe myself in today's day and age? Um, I'm a centrist. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not a liberal. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not on the right. I'm not an alt right. Uh, I could probably tell you more about what I'm not than what I am. In fact, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that is easier. But, uh, but, you know, tell us about, like, you know, what do you do for a living? Are, are you married? Uh, you know, okay. what, what have okay. you got going on? Uh, so I've been a web developer for 10 years. Before that, I was briefly a high school student, um, very briefly a high school student. Um, met my wife when we were 17. We've had a couple kids. My oldest just hit middle school, and we got another one on the way. Um, yeah, it's a pretty charmed life. Heck yeah, no, living the good life. That's uh, right. What about you? Uh, as for me, uh, I am 34 years old, uh, living here in beautiful Lexington, Kentucky. Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I went to high school, did a little bit of college. Uh, you know, it didn't end up working out for me. We're, we're both flunkies. In uh, we're both flunkies. Uh, yeah, I, I too, actually, uh, one of the reasons I didn't complete college is because I got married. Uh, that had a couple sounds kids. like excuses to me. And uh, total excuse. That and uh, I was going to travel to Europe. I was uh, going to be one of those backpack. <laughs> the American yeah. dream. Yeah, there was, no, it's total <laughs> American werewolf in London. I was, I was going to do it. Uh, but, uh, obviously I, I decided to go ahead and get married and get a job where basically now I fix shitters for a living. So, uh, you know, that's real interesting. The, hey, the, Mike Rowe, man, know, dirty yeah, job. No, Someone's got to do it. I am, I am the Mike Rowe. You are podcast. holding up. If, if we get the any kind of popularity like Mike Rowe, then I will be doing, uh, uh, just fine. Hey, now that's so. too meta. We, we can't, <laughs> we can't talk about the podcast on the podcast. That's true. We're that's doing true. the podcast. We, we, we risk getting into like three, four layers deep and then, uh, we'll have to, then we'll, uh, we'll have to see if beans can throw in an, uh, inception bomb later. Okay. You know, hey, so where's that slide whistle? To, yeah. That might make things zany. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, uh, you know, why a podcast? Um, well, I wanted to do a podcast because I've always been a fan of radio shows. Like, uh, even even when I was a kid, I wanted to be a radio DJ or sports DJ or something like that. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I never went that route, like, professionally and everything. But, uh, but you know, this gives us uh, me a chance at least to live that dream out. And I'll, uh, I'll be honest. I'm just trying to be cool. Like, eight different <laughs> friends said the word podcast to me. And like, I hadn't heard the word for like eight years. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm on the internet all the time and I I see things and I thought podcasts were old school and and dead, but all of a sudden like a thousand people were like podcast. No, there's, there's, there's definitely been an explosion, uh, uh, at least as best I can tell the podcast. And I, myself, man, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I'm listening to, uh, and you know, give a couple shout outs to the glass cannon podcast, the conspirators love, uh, hardcore history with Dan Carlin. Uh, the black tapes and some of the the horror anthology story podcasts are great, and the reason I like them is because I you know I can just listen to it while I'm at work. Um, it's not you know like sometimes with a YouTube video you you've got to sit there and commit to you know watching it or whatever. But I can you know I can listen to Dan Carlin tell me about the Persian Empire while I'm you know caulking a tub or, or doing whatever I'm doing. And I think it's you know I think it's cool to have that like on the go like that. Yeah, well, so. I need to get into it because I still I still haven't gotten on the podcast train. Um, I just keep hearing podcast, 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 and and okay, so we're we're washed up rappers. Of course, we've <laughs> wanted to speak our minds since we were very young. You know, both yeah, of us, absolutely. Um, you know, and we've tried to in various mediums. I mean, I write poetry, and mm. um, you know, we we did the the rap thing. Um, so I think it's an interesting opportunity now. Like, I get to kind of transcend the genres that I've used to try to speak my mind 
and go directly to the speaking. And all of a sudden it's a cool thing to do. So yeah, yeah. to me, it was like, you know, all jokes aside, uh, it just, it was the right thing at the right time. Yeah. And no, I've, I fiddled with the idea of, uh, uh, like writing or, or, you know, trying to find a way to like write on the side freelance, uh, you know, articles and stuff. But this in a way, like, I mean, you, you can do that, but you know, blogs and, and stuff like that, it's, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's dying, but it's definitely like starting to take a back burner. And this really, um, I, I like the fact that you and I, uh, can come together and have, you know, maybe two different opinions or, or maybe we're in agreement. We argue, you know, whatever happens there and we can, get, you know, really deep into the issue. And it's not just me droning on about what I think I'm being challenged. You're being challenged. I think that's, you know, that's a beautiful idea. As deep as two flunkies can get, right? As deep as two, uh, washed up rapper, uh, flunkies, uh, can get. But I think that is even in itself a strong suit because one of the things that I like about what we're doing is that we're just two average guys. Like I, you know, like I said, we didn't finish college. Uh, I remember when we were originally talking about this, uh, I, I was telling you about something and I, I used the term postmodernism and, uh, you looked at me like I was, you know, standing on my head and, uh, but he but actually was standing on his and head I, and I was time. standing on my head, uh, juggling at the time, but, but no, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, people, this, this whole thing that we've got going on right now, where, where, there's extremes and, and people arguing and bickering with each other and people are throwing out all these terms and stuff. And most people don't have a clue what postmodernism is. I mean, there's a, there's a ton of people that do, but there's a ton of people that don't. I think that's true. And and you and I are right there in that middle ground. You know, I've, I've heard yeah. it a couple of times. I'm not hey, an expert. You, you got you know? a couple feet in, though. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm on the other side. Like, I, I pretty much ignore all of that unless I have reason not to. Um mm-hmm. And not to be like super cliche, but using terms to group people is just not, is not me, man. That's not what I'm trying to do. So when someone goes like liberal and, you know, all this, he's a snowflake, you know, like I just, I I can't grasp onto it. And that's, that's Mm -hmm. part of the reason I'm here. In fact, is because I think it's a little absurd how far we've gone towards this, uh, this divisive labeling of each other. It's almost like if you get into an argument with someone, you've got a preconceived notion that they are a white supremacist or a Nazi or uh, a gay hater or, you know, whatever it might be. And, and, and those were all terms that maybe a liberal might use when they're engaging someone that they might not like. But all of a sudden, anything that they say is actively being used by your brain to put them into one of these boxes. And it's almost like the media has only given us X number of boxes. And maybe I'm getting yeah. too high level no, here. No, no. I mean, I think I think that that's the problem. That's what we're trying to address is that I think everybody feels like they're in boxes. And, and sometimes they can't even have uh, certain conversations because they're afraid they're going to get thrown in one of these boxes. When really, uh, what, what I at least hope comes through on this podcast is that there are other views. There's other outlooks there's that those but there are not enough boxes uh to categorize the full spectrum of you know how people see things and if you're one of those people that doesn't fit perfectly into the liberal box or the conservative box or the alt-right box and what have you uh antifa whatever um and that's how we get the trumps and the bernie sanders yeah there's that's where trump and bernie sanders come out of out of nowhere like right right here we are well there were a billion people who didn't fit the box that, yeah that, that either side was presenting so we had these two totally outside candidates mm-hmm. able to come through and 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 shake things up which yeah is- yeah and, and it's because they 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 were able to connect with um you know the same like i said the same people that i hope that we connect with that's right uh, the not necessarily that you know not to say that we you know endorse this or endorse that one i'm just saying if you're one of those people and you feel like Hey, I got these ideas, but but like nobody says I fit in with them. Well, then we're the Charlie Brown over by the shitty Christmas tree <laughs> that you can come over and dance with, and we'll skate and eat snowflakes and all that good stuff. So I might even uh, play a slide whistle for and, you, and, and there will be ample slide whistle from the best sound man in the business, Benza. So um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so I think it's important uh, if we're going to have these conversations that we lay some groundwork and, and we talk about, you know, like how, how we got here. And I think uh, that, that maybe 
give some people some insight or something that they can relate to. So, you know, I'll just kind of, I'll, I'll kick it off here. I can, my earliest uh, political memory is I can clearly remember voting for Michael Dukakis in kindergarten. And I'm not going to lie to you. It was because I had all the political insight in the world that his name sounded like Dukie. Oh, and man. I was like, oh, man. Yeah, I might it. have voted for him just on the Dukakis. Now, now, like, you, I get to say this in class now, in, eight times? Yeah. Now, in fairness, it was Dukakis versus Bush, which was, I mean, until until you get to Bush and Gore, that was probably the best you know, elementary school election you probably could have ever asked. Colin Powell. That would have been good. Dick Cheney and yeah. George Bush. We're not yeah. even going to go there. There was today. a there was a theme. There was a theme <laughs> there, but uh, but yeah, no, I definitely uh, I, I voted for Dukakis or whatever, and I got a little bit older and started uh, formulating my opinions. And I think one of the things that was interesting was um, I lived with my mom and my grandparents, and they weren't. Uh, you know, like overly political, they weren't, you know, activists by any stretch of the imagination, but they were all pretty much, um, Republicans, um, for the most part, as far as I know, but they never, they never pressed it on me. Like since I was a kid, it was, it was just one of those things I'd figure it out by the time I got to 18. So I grew up kind of believing that the democratic party, believe it or not, were the good guys. And the reason was, is because I go to school and they teach us about like uh, you know global warming or climate change, and and I'd see Captain Planet, and he's like, hey, we got to save the planet, and then on the news, I would see the Democrats, you know, supposedly they're the ones that want to protect the planet, right? And and things like that would would filter through through like uh, culture and TV shows, and I, I kid you not, as a kid, I think TV shows had more to do with the fact that I started out thinking the Democrats were the white hats. I, I totally did uh, for uh, for a long time. Uh, My mom wouldn't let me watch TV on the other uh, side, so, yeah. so I didn't get any of that programming. Although, uh, once I started thinking along those lines, I, I recognized that most of my family uh, were... Were, were liberals were, were Democrats and and probably and I don't want to I don't want to throw anyone under the bus you know I have a very diverse family um, and and I can't say that about all of them but uh, I, I would wager most of them vote along party lines um, they probably don't get into uh, you know like reading bills and, and and looking at voting records to decide uh, who to vote for but then again maybe they do because you know we don't talk about politics yeah, that same, much. same with my family for sure yeah, yeah. In, in some ways um you know we're we're still very old school that way i think as a society we we can talk about politics on podcasts and we hear about it on tvs and um you know it used to be you just didn't talk about politics and we're slowly like coming to this point where it's almost cool yeah. To talk about yeah. politics now, you know, you got the edgy guy who will who will make his political posts on Facebook, and, and half of the people go, "Oh, you don't talk about politics in, in public, you know, you're you're showing your ass there, kid." And then half of the people are like, "Oh, I like that. Let me share it." So <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. at this really weird place. Um, yeah, no, and I think uh, I think it's actually become a meme of sorts. Uh, the the fact that uh, you're going to have arguments with your relatives about politics at like Thanksgiving dinner and stuff. And like, it used to be a joke. I mean, it would be, it would be a little joke that, you know, an old, old, cool, uh, old school comedian would make. He'd be like, ah, you know, my, my brother, the Democrat or, you know, whatever. But, but now it's like, it's, it's everywhere. Politics is everywhere. Everyone's talking about politics and, and you can't get away from it like you could uh, when we were kids. That's right. So, um, that's right. So to me, coming from a, a family that was mostly Democrat, I, it's funny because, uh, we'll pull it back, loop it back a little bit. Um, I grew up thinking of the Republicans as the bad guys. Yeah. You know, it was, I saw it through the lens of all oh, the Republicans are, are cutting the EPA again or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, they're, they want to kill the planet and it's still going on today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but it was going on back then and, and over the very same issues. And here I am yeah. 33 and, and nothing's changed. It's still, yeah. It's still G.I. Joe versus Cobra, well, and again, Cobra you know, wants the planet to die, and, and the Joes are trying to save the planet, you know? Or going going back to Captain Planet, remember that the Republicans are the Texas oil man with all that Texas oil right. money. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean... So like, it's, we're, yeah, we're, it's we're talking there. about this like it's an yeah. elusive, you know, theme that's hard to grasp onto, but in reality, this is just like smack in our yeah. faces. It's, yeah. It's not even... It's not even... And I'm gonna I'm tell you I'm gonna tell you when the when the cracks began to form in the system, for me, 
was uh, I actually, oddly enough, I saw JFK way too young. Yep, JFK the movie, Oliver Stone movie. And I have no idea why my family decided to go watch this movie. I was, <laughs> I was uh, let's see, I would have been eight, eight or nine years wow. old. And I sat in a theater and watched a two and a half hour epic about how the government uh, conspired to kill the president. Yeah, I, w- I watched it when I was twelve. I'm not <laughs> sure which one's more scary. Maybe I was ten. That's true. I, I don't, Donald Sutherland and JFK is pretty tough, man. But uh, but no, from that point on, like I mean, it did. It had it had an impact on me. Like I still, I still ended up like you know you and the the Democrats as the good guys, the Republicans as the bad guys. Um, but at the same time, I heartily started distrusting the government even at a young age i mean we're talking by the time i was in uh you know middle school and stuff i was uh uh, you know i was already in my opinion uh starting to have my anarchist and 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 communist stretch you know i was i was uh uh you know we got to bring down the government the government's trying to kill us and and it just it kept progressing further and further until and 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 i'll also note that this is about the time that you and i met and, um, you know, in our early twenties, I'm, I'm here to tell you good people. There were not two guys who were not more into conspiracy theories. Um, hey, we were on Alex Jones before Alex Jones was on Alex Jones. We were, <laughs> we were into some Alex Jones, some David Icke, you name it. We did it, man. Before Alex Jones was Alex Jones. We were, we were on that yeah. for some reason. No, it was. It was uh, it was attractive to someone like you or I. Like yeah. it was this esoteric knowledge, you know, mm-hmm. the knowledge that that not everyone had. He has the secrets, and 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 he even threw out some stuff like uh, the David Icke and mm-hmm. stuff, so you could chase some rabbit holes down. Yeah. You, you know, it yeah. took you took you months to figure out what he was talking about. By the time you figured out most of it was bull, uh, you still were entertained, and and you learned something along the way. Well, I let's I mean, say. let's face it, there are pictures of the first president Bush where I mean, he looks like a lizard. He, he, <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and it's not, I, I don't, I don't think he's from another dimension, but the man's got a lizard eye. I mean, there's, there's no getting away from that. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> we need the slide whistle. Cause uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause that was a hot sound effect right there. But, uh, but no, man. Yeah. And that dominated, uh, so much of, uh, my twenties and, and, especially like the Bush presidency, 9-11. I mean, that was a big thing for me. Like you said, yeah, there were these, these, uh, this knowledge and the, and the, when they would talk about like consciousness and, and, you know, other dimensions and stuff. And that's, that's appealing, you know, when you're 20 and stuff, but also the skinny on what really happened with 9-11. Cause it's, you know, it's hard to believe like when you see something like that, it's, uh, the official version of the story. It's, oh, it's, don't tell me we're getting it. You, Hey, not today. Hey, not I'm, today. I'm pointing at the next topic here. <laughs> yeah. We're not getting into 9/11 on the first yeah. episode, buddy. No, we absolutely are not. But that uh, that that is what I'll say is that it it does have an allure. It does. Okay. It does pull you and, in. Uh, the scene behind the scenes. And I know. think overall, um, our generation just grew up with this healthy distrust of government um, from both sides. You grew up Republican. And something within the media and 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 societal uh, norms and and fluctuations left you with a distrust of government. You can't even point your finger at exactly where it is. Mm. And me, I grew up on the completely other side, and grew up with the same distrust of government. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and for societal and and media reasons, I think when we look back on it now, we can we can pretty clearly identify some themes that were presented to us. Mm-hmm. These weren't ideas that that just came into our head one day. Yeah, they didn't spawn naturally. For right, sure. right. Um, I think I think so. The next big shift for me was the Obama's uh, the Obama presidency. Um, after Bush, right? So, so I was I was right there with you on uh, you know Bush's war criminal and, and all that good stuff. And after Bush, I, I really did. Um, I was of two minds. I saw Obama simultaneously as possibly like the next the next JFK, the next guy that was going to come in and save us all, the next beacon of hope, 
And then at the same time, I was like, this is business as usual. This is politics as usual. You know, you know, you can't trust the government and he's evil in some way, shape or form. And, uh, and you know, in, in, uh, fair enough, I, I dealt in some hard absolutes back then, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but then I, when I watched him get to office and I saw what to me was largely the same abuses and overreaches of executive power that that cinched or clinched for me that uh, it's it's not necessarily and we can discuss this, you know, at a later date on a different show about like the, the purposes or the intent, but whether or not there is there is evil behind it or what have you. Column A and Column B are are doing roughly the same thing. They're 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 that's right. They're going after the now. Same. Okay, I'm gonna have to challenge you on that because fair enough. Because <laughs> I've got I've got voices in my ear from people who are very close to me that say, "Well, you can't say that because Republicans want to kill gay marriage and um, you know they they don't believe in climate change and and these things these things are true um, and I don't I don't think it's fair to wash away. Uh, some of the failings, we'll say, of the Republican Party, and by by saying they're equal, right. um, you don't want to draw false equivalency. Don't want to draw false equivalency, and it, and it it's just yeah, it's it's not it's not true. It's not I'll true. say what I would say though is that I think it's hard to argue that there are things that the Republicans would not be able to do once they're in office had not the groundwork been laid by Obama's executive orders. And those things wouldn't be possible had not the groundwork been laid by George Bush's executive orders. Right. So so, so you're if if whether you're not you're intending good to come out of it, if you've abused and overreached on power, you've abused and overreached on power. And it's very hard to go back once that's done. Once I agree. Out of and and that's that's a much more complicated statement than the one you initially made mm-hmm. about them being uh, equal. I don't remember exactly what you said, but um, I think I think that's a problem we get into as well um, that we're going to try to get past in this podcast is uh, some of these things that we just say out of habit that the media has trained us to say that society has trained us to say, you know, one of those things is, oh, they're they're equal. I mean, not saying the thought didn't come to you, but mm-hmm. but the way you said it and the way I reacted to it. Um, this was a learned behavior. It was a trained behavior. And by challenging you on that, you were able to, uh, extrapolate and, and describe the more complex situation behind it. And I think as a society, we've lost that ability, um, for some reason. And, And I think it goes back to what we were talking about before with the boxes. Um, it's almost like we're actively trying to put people in a, in a box as far away from us as possible. Well, that's, that's what it is though. It's division. And I think, that is probably, uh, at least in my opinion, the most serious threat to the country right now is, is how people are being divided and polarized. Um, we, we, we see that it's not enough that you're a, a Democrat or Republican uh, anymore or, you know, whatever two-sided issue that we, you have to be the most ideologically pure and extreme version of that thing. You can't entertain any idea. Else you're on the other side. Else you're one of them. You're 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 not as good as me. It's absolutely, it's, it's us versus them. There's a, uh, there's a poll that says that 39% of Americans currently take a roughly equal number of liberal and conservative positions, but that's down from 49%, uh, uh, from 1994 to 2004. Repeat that for me. Let me, let me digest this. So you had in 1994, 49% of Americans characterize themselves as possessing both liberal and conservative positions, a roughly equal number. But, you know, 10 years later, 2004, Lord knows where it's at now, it was down 10% to 39%. So tell me what that means. So what that means is fewer and fewer people are characterizing themselves as someone who entertains ideas from both sides, that they have moved to one column or another. They, they consider largely liberal ideas or largely conservative ideas, but not a roughly equal number of both. Interesting. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what's happening across the board. It's not, it's like we said, it's not okay for you to 
consult with the enemy at all because it's it's almost like sports. You know, it's like I'm a Packers fan, he's a Bears fan. If right. you're wearing Bears, if you're wearing anything that says Bears, you can't sit with us. Right. You know? So that, I remember in fact I remember going to a baseball game as a kid and uh with Zach with a, a, a good friend of ours. Um Zach, good friend of the show. Good friend of the show, good friend of the show, that's right. Zach, if, if you can hear me, I'd like to shout this out to you. Uh I don't know if he remembers the ball game, but he was wearing uh wearing some gear and and was literally afraid to go on the other side of the stadium where the other fans were. Like, is that is that for real? Like, yeah. is that where we're at? And it, and has politics gone that far? Like, yeah. are we looking at the Republicans um, as a sports team that's that's not you know the, on the other side? Are we are we looking at you know all Republicans now being alt right? Can we can we punch them all because they're Nazis? Like, well, I like I like I've seen what I think is a very apt description in uh, a lot of places in a lot of articles. Tribalism. It's it's we formed into tribes. And that tribe, you know, it's funny because there was so much discussion. Um, and, and, and again, don't get me wrong. Uh, both sides are, you know, equally culpable here. But there was so much discussion about not othering people for a long time there and like in, in uh, pop culture and the media and stuff. And yet that's what we do. That's what we do every day is he's other. They're other. He, he's a Christian. So he's off on some other thing. And, and right. her over there, she's a hippie. So she's going to be into all this. And, and none of that has anything to do with what it shouldn't have anything to do with what people actually think. But we are becoming stereotypes. We're becoming, you know, the, the, the people who we're supposed to be in the eyes of the media and culture. And, and that's the biggest problem in the U.S.? I mean, what about uh, what about? You know the budget. What about uh, well, the mean, military industrial complex? How, what how about- could we even possibly begin to talk about the budget if we can't even agree on the same language? If we can't even agree on shared values? Like you can't. Touché. You can't have any of those conversations. You can't fix inequality or you know government spending if you're if you're not even willing to like sit down in a room with somebody without accusing them of something terrible. Um, I. Without calling them, let's be honest. Without calling them names and storming out like a child, yeah. Here, here's because I, because hoping, in all reality, I think that's where we're at as a culture with yeah. politics, and may, maybe it's because of the behavior we talked about before, where where no one could talk about it, and all of a sudden we're you know it's clashing with this open culture. But we're really to the point where if if you talk politics with someone you don't know really well, you might get called names. Yeah. Let me let me to give your you, face. Let me give you a perfect grown example. adults. Perfect example. Uh, recently uh, in the news, you know, they, we we've had Trump's health care bill, the the repeal of Obamacare, uh, so on and so forth. On the left, the repeal of Obamacare and everything was marketed and and trumpeted every day as the right is trying to kill people. And it's funny to me that that's the approach they chose to take because if we think back to when Obamacare came in, the approach that the right took was they're going to have death panels. They're going to try to kill people. (laughs) So we can't talk about healthcare because both sides think the other side are murderers, are literal murderers. And and maybe they are. (laughs) Hey, I listened to Alex Jones for years, buddy. That's right. That's right. Right. Maybe they are. They are murderous lizards, <laughs> every single one of them. I did I did want to throw out um, one more stat that I thought was uh, just really telling. But um, 43% of Republicans and 38% of Democrats view the opposing party as unfavorable, according to a 2014 Pew Research poll. That's up 26 and 22% respectively from 20 years ago. Additionally, the vast majority of those respondents said that the other party's policies represent a threat to the nation's well-being. How do you sit down and and build bridges with someone who you think presents a threat to the nation's well, well-being? So it's hard, it's hard we really think maybe they are murderers. That's that's the that's the truth of it. Um, many of us believe that the other side is is completely evil, and we won't hesitate to tell them that either. Um, there's an article I read on, on Vox.com, a uh, quote from Elena Connor, executive director of Stanford University, uh, the Social Psychological Center. 
And she says that telling people they're racist, sexist, and xenophobic is going to get you exactly nowhere. It's such a threatening message. One of the things we know from social psychology is when people feel threatened, they can't change. They can't listen. And, and that's exactly what we're talking about here. We're talking about this, this conditioned response to put people in that other box and yeah. say they're threatening, they're terrible. No, I think I think I think it bounces both ways. Even I mean, she she highlighted some, but it's the same difference if you call someone a snowflake, or or yeah, you know whatever the it shuts down all this an SJW, you know. And, and, right. and I'll do it. I'm, I'm you know I'm sure that on this podcast uh, you've are actually already said snowflake once. I have. I will probably say SJW, but I think we have to. To me, at least, SJW is not a pejorative. Like, it's just, this is something that you're doing, but I don't respect you any less for being an SJW. I might think you're wrong. And, you know, and I'm and like, consequently, talk- I, might, I might think in a lot of cases you're right. I think there's a yeah. lot of social justice issues. And, and I was raised in a family who, who participated in, in social justice yeah, movements. My, my, and my things. bad. I, I didn't mean um, to. No, 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 no. I, I didn't I, mean to make it sound like. Uh, I was necessarily like going there with it. I was just using like the negative. Well, I think you have to clarify that yeah, because much, I think a much. lot of people will think that um, yeah. automatically. If you use the, if you use a term, people will assume you're using it in this negative connotation, mm-hmm. and and that's that's it's going to be a really difficult thing for us to do right. in these discussions because of what we've been talking about. We just by using the terms SJW, alt right. Um, if we have any views that conflict with the mainstream idea on the left or right, mm-hmm. and I'm saying the ones that exist within the media narrative, yeah. people are automatically going to put us in that other box yeah. and, no. sc- and scream about how dangerous we are yeah. because they've been conditioned to. That's actually. Um, uh, so I think it's important, just, just to clarify real quick, I think mm. it's important to go as deep into those, those label issues as we can to, to try and normalize these conversations, to... Because you can't even you can't even have a normal conversation about the alt right and and even about uh, Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I fully uh, I fully expect uh, our houses to get egged and all that good stuff. So we do have to go out of our way to try to mitigate that as much as possible. I mean, stand up for what you believe in, but you know at the same time, like be conscious of how we, how we got here. You know, to begin with, like the 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 faulty thinking or careless turn of phrase that got us to where and i would also you know. say we both um and all of you listening should be prepared to defend the ideas that you have and that's that's not to scare you away from having ideas that uh i think that raises an excellent question though like how far do you go and and here's what i mean like so here we are talking about you know coming together and and trying to build bridges together and stuff like that. But at the same time, you have a set of principles, right? And you want to stand up for your ideas and you want to defend your ideas. But how far do you go before you trade off your principles for practicalities? And, um, and that's, a, <laughs> that's a conversation that, that we're almost not allowed to have. Hmm. Um, I mean, when was the last time you caught an article on your favorite news outlet that was like, well, here's the issue and here's our side and here's their side. And you felt like it was the truth. I mean, it was the unadulterated truth of, of, of both sides of the issue. I mean, instead when it's these polarizing issues, when it's politics, um, (laughs) when it's a, a bill that's being passed, it's, it's editorials, man. Yeah. We're not well, no, seeing I, I don't mean I don't mean so much like that. I mean I mean like you personally. So for instance, uh, you know, if there's a single like uh do you support, you know, a single payer healthcare plan, like roughly the idea of it? I'll put you like a healthcare for all. I, I mean Let's if you're asking me, like absolutely yeah, no, well I'm not asking you about yeah, that's that works. I'm I'm just saying I wasn't asking you about a specific plan, just yeah, the idea of one. Okay. So if the only way that I can pass that is with a twenty percent increase in defense spending. Do you want to pass? Because that? that's where the money's coming from. It doesn't matter. Right now, it's a twenty. At the end of the day, it's well, a twenty. I feel like you're trying to bill, box me in without. You know, I would ask for more specifics. No, but, I'm not. I'm not boxing you in. Sometimes that's the deal. The only way that bill can get passed is with a twenty percent 
increase in defense spending. You take that out, you lose votes, it doesn't pass. That's it. That's the way politics works. I would say, and, and I'm not a politician by any means, um, people over everything. I mean, if people in America are dying because they can't treat their diseases, and we're talking about people who work for a living, we're not talking about bums on the street here mm. begging for change that are that are dying of emphysema because they bummed cigarettes for the last 20 years. We're talking <laughs> about people who work 40 hours a week for a company with CEOs. All right. If if those people are sick and they cannot pay their medical bills, then they have no American okay. dream. They're not so, they're not chasing these things that we hold as valuable as, as Americans. Fair enough. But it is a constant ranking of principles versus practice. It is. Right? Yes. So I think that's one of the things that we all have to learn is that, like, you know, I have principles, but at the same time, I have to understand that the other side has principles as well. And they're going to fight for their principles, and that doesn't mean that they're lesser people for it. And there are times where if it comes down to it, and I don't have a choice, I have to look at that choice, you know, analyze it. You know, maybe, like, like you said, I will say I was boxing you in as far as um, was there an alternative that would have been 10%, you know, defense spending or something like that. Sure. But we have to analyze each situation like that. But we can't, we can't sit there and say, I'm rejecting defense spending out of hat. Now, maybe, maybe ultimately you do. But if you publicly, like, for instance, I think Rand Paul, uh, tends to do that. He he runs around and he says, you know, uh, uh, we need to pull out of Afghanistan. We need to pull out of Iraq. We need to do this. We need to do that. I'm not going to do anything with any bill until I get these things. Right. That we're 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 holding each other hostage. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. I mean, we're and all holding each other hostage. That's obviously think, not greased wheels of a machine working together. Right. And that's and that's looking at it like a in a parliam, uh, parliamentary sense. But I, I think that's also happening in our interpersonal conversations. I think like, you know, again, it's like we were saying earlier, if you entertain one idea from the other side, you're one of them. Yes. And that's what it is. It's like, it's not enough. I, I, I tell you, one of the things that happened to me uh, a couple weeks ago that, that kind of set me off uh, is I saw online, uh, they were having a discussion about universal healthcare. Uh, personally, I, I have my reasons, but I've come to support uh, you know, single payer universal health care. However, and and quite you know contradictorily, um, I generally lean towards having the smallest government possible. Like I, I want small government. And so I saw somebody online say, um, "It's baffling to me that you uh, you know want universal health care but believe in small government." I don't believe that's what you actually think. And it's like, so now there's sinister motives just because it's not good enough that I agree with you. I have to agree with you for the exact same reasons that you do. And agree you with know, everything else and agree as with everything well. everything else as well. Exactly, exactly. So it's, yeah, and, and, and that's what I think. I think people need to understand that your, your principles are absolutely wonderful and they're great. But there are going to be times where you have to look at the practicalities of situations, and you can't. When you're forced to do that, is you know, you know what they called that be. 50 years ago? What was that? Being an adult. Being an adult. You're right. You're right, man. <laughs> that's, that's. I don't know what happened, but along the way, um, some of us we just never grew up. I think I feel like yeah. whole generations of people um, just looks like they they never grew up. They're 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 stone faced adults looking at each other, calling themselves, calling each other names over politics. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I tell you what, go um, to timeout, man. I completely agree, and in fact, that's that's one of the things that uh, kind of shifted on us. I think there was like when I was a kid, there was like this clear idea of what an adult was, or or even in, to kick it back to politics just for a second, like I had a clear idea that uh, Ted Kennedy and Strom Thurmond hated each other, and and my lord. Fact checkers out there, you know, don't, <laughs> my God, don't find instances of times that they, you know, tried to choke each other out in the Senate, da-da-da-da-da. I'm just saying, I'm sure at some point, 
Ted Kennedy and Strom Thurmond, or maybe a less, you know, crazy Republican, found a way to do a bill together. And that used to happen. And I swear to God, it doesn't happen anymore. And that's one of the things that changed from my childhood. And now, I, I mean, I, I can't really say that, like, things are in any way, shape, or form what I thought it was going to be like when I was a kid. Uh, you mean being an adult? Isn't yeah, what, what you yeah, thought it would be no, like? Uh, or? Adult life, uh, you know, life in general. I mean, you know, I thought, I thought, I thought this was going to be Star Trek, man. I thought, hey, it almost is. I mean, it, well, it is in some senses. I let's, mean, let's be honest. You're only sure. halfway through your life, so by the time you're ninety, yeah, that's it, true. Maybe Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting close. We got rocket packs. I would say we. Well, where the hell is my jet pack? Though? Oh, that's, you're not rich. Oh well, damn. That was that whole, the, you know. The lottery of the American dream was was lot you lost that lottery so you don't get the jetpack not That's for it. another twenty years although you know how technology is man it it's it's expensive it's only for the top at first and yeah. it trickles down well, and eventually man your iPhone is affordable you know they had pocket computers before that they were three thousand dollars man abs- absolutely I you I, get I, your I do jet see pack. I do see the problem with technology it seems to be that we keep getting more and more advanced technology like I saw. Ten years ago, some dude said he thought he figured out nanobots that would let us breathe underwater. But we never seem to breathe underwater. That's true. Like we and never, we never get over the hump, you know. And let's be honest, we we all thought virtual reality would be here before now. I mean, I was playing the Virtual Boy, yeah. uh, what I was twelve or something. Uh, it was cool, yeah. but it just left you thinking about like the future. And, and here we are, like these first gen virtual vir- virtual reality devices have just arrived. Yeah. So. Do you not do you not hate also the way that like, you know, we saw virtual reality when we were kids and we were like, Oh man, this is great and you know, and you start thinking about applications and then you get to two thousand seventeen porn. <laughs> I mean it's it's of course, you know, it's 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 uh, there are people using it for other things, but I feel like its main application right hey, now is porn. Talk to people in the in the tech and the web industry and they'll tell you porn drives the industry, hands yeah, down. Absolutely. What do you think got us like Skype video yeah. video chatting? People oh, weren't, you know, it wasn't businesses that, let me tell you, it was not the business uses, well, the business uses, but it was the business uses that, that got that technology really bumping. They, they had an economic incentive to do so uh, yeah, because I mean, all these computers are really $3,000 porn machines. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but what, I guess what I'm saying is, is that we make, you know, these amazing strides in technology, but we, we never really seem to get over the hump, or at least at least it doesn't feel like that until you look back at it. Like, I know, I, I think my mom and, 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 you know, my parents, like when they looked back at the advances that they'd made, you know, they realized like how far they've come. And now I think... And porn I'm, had just gone from black and white to color at that and, point. And porn had, yeah. I, mean, really I don't had, know if you've ever seen Leave it to Beaver Part 5, but <laughs> that, was one of the, uh, that was one of the top-notch episodes. But, um, but no, like, I'm just now getting to that point. I'm just now, like, you know, having the ability to look back and say, man, like, I can, I can pull my phone out and, and call somebody, like, right now. And it wasn't like that when I was a kid, you know? Yeah. And so I see, and I expect so, us... So the age-old question... You know, are we are we becoming our parents? I I don't think we can. I mean, you don't think so? the world has changed so much. We can't possibly become our parents. Um, uh, population has exploded. The government doesn't represent the people in the same way. Um, emails, uh-huh. e- e- emails. This is like, you know, fundamental changes to the fabric of our reality. We can't we can't become our parents. No, they they were that was a different time. We have we've moved on. The whole scale of time is different. I mean, it's 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 maybe more intense, but I mean, if you think about, I mean, I don't know, man, phones. I mean, phones were easily as as revolutionary as as emails in their own right. Fair enough. You know, and there I was think, a disruption. There was it the same disruption. You know, I, I don't know. I uh, think I think this is like cyclical. Like so in, so in are sense. you? I mean, are you becoming your parents in a way? I. Um, yes and no. Like I'm becoming, I, I've made a similar journey, uh, maybe to my, my mom. I mean, it's, it's hard to say like with my, you know, specific parents, but I think a lot of people experience a similar journey. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's an old adage that 
in your 20s, you don't have a heart if you're not a liberal. In your 30s, you don't have a brain if you're not conservative. I think a lot of people go through that that process because, you know, when you're younger, you have the, the like we mentioned, the Star Trek, the idealistic notions. And then when you get older, you realize that porn drives VR. Like, you <laughs> see these things, you know, come into play. And so I think and, everybody and does And we'll that. never have the, the, the food replicator. Right. Because there's not a market for it. Right. <laughs> I mean, is that what we're... Right, right. So that's, well, what I'm saying is, like, I think everybody makes that journey. But I think... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think saying, like, are you becoming your, your parents? Like, straight up. Like, am I, yeah. am I going to be the, uh, you know, uh, Bible-thumping Republican that my grandparents were? No, no, not in, not in any sense. But, but that has to have affected you, right? Uh, well, no, it, yeah, most certainly, I mean, religion had a, had a huge impact on my life. I know that, I know that there's still vestiges of the fact that I was brought up, you know, Pentecostal and Baptist and stuff. Really? That, <laughs> I, never, I never knew this about no, you. No, absolutely. Uh, holy roller all the way, baby. We, uh. <laughs> all these I, years. Yeah, I, I had to go to church every Sunday, uh. For as long as I can remember, until about the time I was in tenth grade. 11th Wait, Pentecostal? Are we like talking that? like speaking in tongues here? Uh, yes, yes. The Holy Rollers couldn't wear. Uh, my mom grew up Pentecostal. wasn't allowed to wear pants when she was younger. Um, yeah, <laughs> all that stuff. What? Yeah, no, I had to wear dresses. They had to wear dresses. Uh, women, women could not wear pants until I think uh, maybe the seventies or the eighties, something like that. I wonder how that happened. Was that a so, social movement? Was it, that like it, it, pressure it from, was. from the end of the hippie generation? We're yeah. like, no, we, we must, we must wear pants. Well, the bell bottoms were just Pentecostal. Up, man. What? <laughs> but, man. But I know, I know that like, I know that some of that still informs like my moral compass. You know, I mean, I, I don't get me wrong, man. I don't have a problem with like, some of the basic tenets of religion, you know, don't kill, don't steal, be kind to others. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. But then on the other hand, and that's where I think we the start to differ. three of the Ten Commandments you can remember. Yeah, that's the three <laughs> I've got off the top. I didn't want to show off. I didn't want to flex on y'all. But, uh, but on the other hand, uh, that is something where I differentiate from them in that I saw my youth minister start speaking in tongues and convulsing down the aisles, and I was like, "Man, I don't, I don't know if this God guy's into this stuff, man." <laughs> like, you know, I was like, <laughs> "Something, something don't seem quite right here." And you, you got your 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 what Jimmy Baker scandals and and stuff like that. So, I mean, that actually contributed uh, to my distrust of authority. Is so, it wrong of me to assume that all of those people were Republicans? Uh, all of those people, yes, but I, I don't know about Joel Osteen. <laughs> I mean, let's, let's, and, and, and I think, uh, well, let me ask you this because, uh, I think you went to a much different church. I did. Uh, and I would almost be willing to bet that it was not a Baptist conservative church. <laughs> it was not. It what was, was not. your experience like? Um, so for a while I went to a very, uh, very liberal church, um, that, you know, their tenet was uh, accepting all people from all walks of life. And I'm paraphrasing. Um, no, the interconnected web of all things, the Unitarian Universalist Church. And, and they, were, they were good people. Um, they were kind to me. But I felt like while, while talking about the interconnected web of all life, there was this running theme of like animosity towards Christians. And did and, you did you not have the speaking stick? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I had the speaking stick. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but there there was this kind of this kind of animosity that didn't that didn't mesh with that. And maybe a lot of that animosity came from me. I don't I, you know I don't want to I don't want to talk bad about the religion because because I, I like a lot of those people. And to me, that's a very that's a very smart thing to do in general. Like, it's you. It's it's kind of what we're talking about here. In fact, is like mm -hmm. the interconnected web of all people taking people out of the boxes. You know, I felt mm -hmm. like that was the goal of the church, but just the natural order of things did not lend itself to that goal really. Um, and and I never felt like that that was the answer for me. No. Um, although. Lots of really, really great people came from that church. Um, lots of people I I respect and 
and well, that, that reminds today. me that actually that reminds me of a conversation that I had with a another friend of ours, Pedro, huge huge friend of the show, and uh, friend of the show. Shout out Pedro. We were talking to Pedro one night. Pedro, uh, Pedro definitely uh, is an atheist, and we were going back and forth about you know Christianity and stuff. And I was telling him that you know largely, like I said, I, I agree, man. Awful things have been done with religion, but no, I, I can't sit there and say that you know religion is this awful thing and he was uh, somewhat taking the other approach i'm not i'm not gonna you know put words into his mouth or anything like that but i believe that the the idea came up that uh you uh you can't prove uh that christianity has um you know worked miracles or, or something like that and I, I turned around on him and i said i bet i can and he said what i was like you know, for instance, recently we had Hurricane Harvey. I was like, you know, whether or not you agree with, you know, every tenant of the Baptist church, there's still a, a thread running through there where those people come together and they give everything they've got to help everybody they can. There are good things mm-hmm. that come out of religion mm-hmm. that they, just as much as there are bad things. So, no, I would never, uh, you know, condemn any religion wholesale. Right. So, so uh, you kind of have to ask at that point— um, does being a Christian mean that you uh, accept all of the atrocities that the, the Christian religion has committed through history as, as a box, as a label? Right, right. Um, if, if you're a Muslim, mm-hmm. does that mean that every decision that the organization uh, has made over its history, does that mean that you agree with them? Are you are you in that box? I think I think it's I think you can because you're already like um, subscribing to that team. Uh, you're very prone to being led down that path. It, it can happen much more easily. But do I think that a a Christian person? I think if we look at um, gay marriage, actually, look at how attitudes have shifted since gay marriage became legalized. Like, people, pretty much, the polls are starting to show, and no, I don't, unfortunately, have these stats in front of me, but the polls are starting to show that people just don't give a shit. They it's don't. Definitely these, true on both sides. Yeah, yeah, and these are people who were, you know, they were they, they And, were and why in. would we? Let's, let's be honest. I mean, the Republican belief, um, smaller government, says, get the hell out of the way of marriage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So but, why now do we have the total opposite happening? And, and you know... Blame well, on the, I mean, the religious yeah, look right. at you, look at you making the argument, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't care. It was a matter of faith, and and what they learned was they learned that you know your faith doesn't always get to impact the secular world, and it was a hard lesson for them. But by and large, I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't still instances of of homophobia and everything else out there. There, are. but I'm saying there are. there absolutely are. Yeah. But by and large, the people. They moved on. I mean, they don't, it's not something that, you know, was a core thing to them. It was something that some dude and behind us. Listeners, uh, listeners out here are going to, are going to listen to this and say, well, you're making light of the problem and you're not taking the problem serious enough. Well, I, if they get that from that, I don't, I don't know what to do for them because I'm not saying that there's not a problem and I've already acknowledged that there's still a problem. But at the same time, you cannot tell me that attitudes have not improved, that, that we are not trending in a positive direction. Thank there you for is, that clarification. There that's, is this idea. And I think that's an important an important thing we have to look at across the board. Well, I think, but here's the thing. Life I overall in the world you, as a whole is improving. Exactly, exactly. From, from I poverty think, to violence um, to gun violence to, to rape to assaults, um, across the world we are seeing a dramatic decline yeah. um, across the board in all bad things. And I understand how the, the continued and, and more prevalent absence of these things make when they appear makes them seem that much more severe but we need to we need to recognize that that's what it is like if you had heard about racism okay and racism uh you know was trending downward it was not as prevalent then when you encountered racism it would freak you out and that's completely understandable but understand that because you encountered racism that does not mean that it is on the rise necessarily um i you know the 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 whole Nazi thing here recently, and we, you know, we probably shouldn't delve into that too much in this episode, but it does not always, I, I think we panic a lot. And, and there is a lot to be said about the moral panics that we have both on the right and the left. 
whether it's, uh, you know, going back and looking at uh, the panic over Satanism in the 80s or, <laughs> the, or, or the, the panic over fascists now. I mean, you know, uh, one side would have you believing that, you know, all the kids after high school were going and sacrificing goats. Uh, the other side would have you believing that 60% of the country is just a day or two away from becoming goose-stepping Nazis. So, and in a way, we really still are our, our parents because the same tactics that they fell for 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 years and years we are we are now falling for um no but actually i would say we're worse and and the reason i would say that we're worse is because to an extent back then everybody uh, everybody did have kind of like rose-colored glasses and it's like what we were talking about earlier everyone would fall back on the idea that this is america and then that may not have been true for everybody. Not everybody got to experience the American experience the same as everyone else. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I say may not. Not everyone got to experience. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for hardening the, that up. Don't, yeah. Don't I mean, go soft on that I mean, one. Cause my goodness. But what I'm saying is, is that, um, so at the end of the day, like they, uh, it wasn't something that uprooted them. I, I think we talked earlier about, you know, Ted Kennedy and Strom Thurmond working together. I mean, today though, it, it when when those tactics are used to we buy into them hook line and sinker my That's grandpa right. bought into them but they weren't core to his life they're core to our life now they're core to everything we do you know and so it had a much greater impact and we're much more uh, i think maybe the proper terms reactionary we're much more reactionary uh in my opinion than we have been in recent years so. yeah i feel like there's no there's no question that and that that goes full circle back to talking about how you know we're we're not really adults these days. Yeah. We can't, we can't do that anymore. I, I think, I think you see it a lot, uh, especially with, um, uh, like with pop culture and stuff. I think you see, um, you, you know, maybe you see Miley or, or somebody get up on stage and, and they start, uh, twerking and <laughs> it is instantly, there are nine segments of the population that believe that it is a pivotal moment that this young girl got up there and shook her ass right for nine completely different reasons right you know what i mean for whether whether it's it's the liberal and no it's not it's, and, it's and a, on both sides you've got people going oh on nine she sides. was exercising her you know her, her feminist agency. uh yeah her agency to uh to to empower herself and things and then you've got the other side going look at this slut twerking on stage <laughs> she's running she America. was she was yeah. a disney girl yeah a year ago what's going on here I think I think what happens is I think America. Uh, how do we how think, do we exist with two of these? Wait, wait, I want to hold on yeah, for yeah. a second because how do we exist as a society? Let's assume both of those things are true. Hmm. She's a terrible slut, and she's she's empowering herself. Those two things do not cancel each other out. They can both exist at the same time. A slut can be empowered. Yeah. But a slut is a thing you can also be. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, like, it's, it's, we can't pretend like at some point you're not a slut. Yeah. We can't. And, 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 and it's not fair. Okay, we, we're going to have to just clarify this for a second because I know there's going to be people out here who listen to this and go, wah, wah, wah. you can't call women sluts. And that's all yeah. they're going to hear is that I'm that I'm applying the word slut. Well, and then that's what they'll hear. Like, woman, I mean, but but bear in mind, I know more male sluts than female sluts, and I would call them such to their face. Zach's a great friend of the show. Friend of the show, Zach. Friend of the show. Hope you're listening. Um, so yeah, so so this it's a it's a two headed beast, man. I think I think yeah, yes. I think the thing is okay. There's a there's a there's a beautiful um, noble side. Uh, to American culture, right? Like we like to we like to celebrate the the rebel and and we romanticize the outlaw and the free spirit and stuff. And then, but but we ascribe so much meaning to it. Like like it has to matter so much. Like we we fall in love with the artist, the 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 starving artist that's sitting there. You know, there mm-hmm. was a there was a story uh, not too long ago about a kid that walked into an art gallery in San Francisco, set a pair of glasses on the floor. And just stood back and he filmed and people, people are tripping over themselves to sit and, and consider this, this groundbreaking revolutionary artwork. That, and it's because, you know, that's who we, we want to be avant-garde. We want to be, you know, like on the edge. Like I said, the, the rebel and the, but at the same time, like sometimes, man, glasses are, it's just a pair of glasses sitting on the ground, man. Yeah. I mean, you can take what you want from it. 
Yeah. But that's a you problem. That's not, it's not for the rest of us. And Miley, if, if she wants to get up there and do what she does and, and people enjoy it, then God bless them. And if to you, she's a slut, God bless you. And, and, and if, if to you, she's an empowered woman, that's fine. But I don't think it's like the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like, I don't right. think okay. it's, you and, know what and I mean? So to me, the solution here is stop reading articles about Miley Cyrus twerking on stage. Stop reading them. Absolutely. They're going to write them, but, but only for as many people who will click the fucking headline. And maybe I'm being idealistic because we're back to these $3,000 porn machines yeah. or, or $800 porn machines if we're talking about the phones that we're giving our 14 year olds so maybe truly it's 14 to 25 year olds that are that are driving this oh no i don't have that much faith in that. <laughs> no, no no i know i know you out there 39 year old that really cares like you're that's true perez hilton every day that's oh, one yeah. whole side yeah. oh yeah absolutely that's one of the nine sides the nine rings but i gotta say it I do like T-Swizzy. Charge. Hey folks, I'm Sense, one half of the Sense of Theory podcast. I'd like to take a second to thank you for listening. Uh, It's your time and attention that makes this show worthwhile. Uh, We do the show for you and our listeners. Um, I'd ask you to leave a review, good or bad, on iTunes. Uh, Come check us out on the various social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find the links uh, in the description to the show. And uh, if you want to reach out with a comment, uh, joke, uh, funny anecdote, uh, you want to call me an idiot, uh, Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Thanks again, folks, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.